call I uh checked in in my little journey through the big book and I've chosen a reading uh which is a long reading beginning on page 24 um there in there is a solution the fact is that most alcoholics for a reason yet obscure have lost the power of choice in drink our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force, the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago, we are without defense against the first drink. The almost certain consequences that follow taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are hazy and readily supplanted with the old threadbare idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. The alcoholic may say to himself in the most casual way, it won't burn me this time, so here's how. Or perhaps he doesn't think at all. How often have some of us begun to drink in this nonchalant way and after the third or fourth or eighth or ninth or 22nd or 23rd, pounded on the bar and said to ourselves, for God's sake, how did I ever get started again? Only to have that thought supplanted by, well, I'll stop with the sixth drink or what's the use anyhow? When this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid. And unless locked up, he may die or go permanently insane. These stark and ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history. But for the grace of God, there would have been thousands more convincing demonstrations. So many want to stop but cannot. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which is the process, which the process requires for its successful consummation. But we saw it really worked in others and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we have been living it. When, therefore, we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us to, but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence which we had not even dreamed. 
The great fact is just this and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, toward our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. How's that for our reading this morning, Paul? Long. It's <laughs> <laughs> very nice, honey. Thank you. Yeah, the uh, I think the part I think we've gone over this before, but on page twenty-five, in that second paragraph, it says. Uh, we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. So that's sort of a requirement, uh, usually around the first step. Uh, there's an admittance. And then again, it talks about the powerlessness. We could not stop. So basically something has taken us over what's called alcoholism. I think there's something already taking us over, but alcoholism, sort of uh, maybe brings it into the light. Um, I feel I like the parasitical idea or the imagery. It seems to work because there is a, there's a very, very blurred line between what my role is in my life and what some other things role are in my life. That's why I believe the uh, the instructions of how to look at the inventory process on page 64 is perhaps uh, a better way of looking at things that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, emphasizing the difference between self and us. And so by doing an inventory on that which has defeated me, maybe there's a possibility of being free from it. Yeah, if I keep doing the inventory as that which has defeated me, I think the defeat, though its effect and volume may change drastically, there'll still be the bondage of self going on. So yeah, it's a beautiful, I mean, I love the book because it describes what I thought this unique individual was, which was an alcoholic and an addict. <laughs> I'm not actually, but you know, it describes what I seem to be. And uh, yeah, coming to the terms of that, I don't know how you arrived there. Uh, for me, it was a sudden whack. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, the years of evidence that I was fucked landed. And, uh, and the idea that I was not managerial quality became clear and uh then later on in the process of recovery after i was introduced to aa and the way of life in a few years later i saw that what i called alcoholism was really an amplification of something else which was called self in a way and uh 
that was a foreign activity that seemed to have override righted my or overrode my ability to uh, not drink or not use. And so basically I was taken over, used for transportation or the idea of, you know, dancing with a gorilla, you're going to stop when the gorilla wants to stop. All of those ideas became imagery and I saw what had defeated me as foreign. And that was the big uh, shift in my participation in the program. That was a major shift in it. And it was, you know, I don't know how it was brought about because it really dawned on me quite suddenly. Um, but I do know that doing the inventory, looking at my resentments is quite different than when there's an inventory done on self's manifestations. I, I know there's an incredible difference in what is revealed and what happens. And uh, I would hope that the next time someone goes in an inventory process with their resentments and fears and harms done to others will come out of it with the idea that the fears and resentments were not of them, but were of self. Yeah. And they would have an experience and understanding of the clear difference between self and us. Yeah. And therefore, proceeding on to, to the rest of the working steps, I think it increases the, uh, the effect that the program can have on us, like quantumly, yeah? Because obviously the diagnosis needs to be correct in the beginning, yeah? And I don't believe they had a clear diagnosis of it. They knew what we were, but they didn't know what it, how it was maintained in a way, because you would think any sane person would come to a sober assessment that they were screwed and that they can't drink and then just set out on a course not to drink. But there's a different uh, event going on here. Something, the parasite has taken over the host. And so basically our defenses or our wisdom or our discrimination that would come up is blocked. And therefore we don't have that that memory of how bad it was when we're going to have that next first drink. Yeah. That something stops that information from having a role in what's going to happen. And it stops a lot of other stuff. <laughs> yeah. And basically that what it stops allows it to continue dominating us. And we live in a state of being powerless over it. And so we have to admit that. And, and, uh, bring in another power that's greater than it into the equation, because at that point, we're not in a way. So we have, we're in the act of being defeated by it. So uh, that's why the first three steps are a clear recognition of what it was like, and then coming to believe that it could be different and then making a decision and then setting right off from there on the working steps to produce this process that will uh, end up as a loss of interest in this self and maybe your recognition that it isn't us and that will further the loss of interest in it. And then basically we're reestablished in some sanity that, you know, the sanity that now precedes the first drink, which doesn't lead to the first drink. <laughs> 
that's just like where the insanity that preceded the first drink led to the drink. The sanity that precedes the first drink doesn't lead to the drink. Yeah, that's that's pretty fundamental uh, for us. Yeah, and so you know. I feel there's a lot of space in abstinence. I think it's an incredible space. And, uh, you know, I really feel the program is not, is about not starting to drink, not stopping drinking. Yeah. I really think it's about not starting. And uh, first you have to stop to get to not starting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't it easier not starting? Really? <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> Perhaps that's the better way. What? Oh, yeah. I've got all these methods to stop drinking. How about not starting? It's pretty good. <laughs> that's a perfect method. <laughs> what brings us into that condition of not starting? Yeah. What does? the grace of the program, what, how, how many, you know, something has brought us into that state of not starting. Yeah. <laughs> Just like something brought us into the state of not being able to stop. Yeah. I would like to recognize the two. It's easy for us now to have great gratitude for uh, the higher power that has given us sobriety but we're not really recognizing the lower power that was there before we got sober. And let's say, let's give it credit for some of the shit that happened <laughs> instead of taking it all on us. Yeah, I believe, how can we not, we practice it in the positive. We're constantly realizing God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. But are we realizing that something did through us what we would never have done by ourselves? Yeah, do we realize that? <laughs> <laughs> I, if you can realize one, I mean, obviously you can realize the other. What's stopping that realization of the other? I would say the parasitical movement, really. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. We still gather all the guilt and shame based on our behavior while under the influence. And it's used to this day to sort of frame us. Yeah to add us, add a lot of weight into our traveling with the hopes that one day it will lead us back to fuck it and we'll drink again. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. So it's fundamentally seeing the problem from the solution instead of trying to figure out the solution from the problem, you know, just, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, thanks. I don't. Know, I didn't go out on everything it said because it says per, it's perfect for what how it says this. Yeah, it's a perfect description. I mean, obviously, this was a download through Bill W. and those people. I don't think they came up with it really. I think it came through them for sure. And if you read the twelve and twelve, it has a completely different feeling than the big book in a way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thanks, M Mickey. Thank you, Paul. Does anyone out there have a question or um, a comment to share with Paul this morning? 
Oh, with us, yeah. With us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just with all. Anybody? We're all oh, that's great. speechless. <laughs> well, Paul, don't you think that this parasite image has affected us before we ever picked up that first drink and, and that first drug? Yes, for sure. Yeah, I think the bondage of self, in a way, is the first addiction. Yeah, and it's a mental addiction about what the mentality is made up. This idea of being this uh, person called Paul. And obviously, living as Paul is never really captured. There's a picture of Paul. Yeah living as Paul, that it's an interpretation. And I feel uh, that's what alcoholism feeds on, so to speak. Alcoholism grows in obsession with self, yeah? So, uh, and you know, if you look at your drug intake or, or alcohol, you never really thought you were a bottle of whiskey or you know, you never thought you were cocaine or heroin. There's always been a line that stays between you and that drug that you seem to be addicted to. But what happens if there's an addiction to a drug that you start at from that point, yeah? You start at that level of addiction without knowing it. The addiction of the mental state to the idea of being a self. Yeah. That's almost as if I became, I, I was admitted to a hospital and I swore I was cocaine. <laughs> that would be, that would, they would have that as a pretty, pretty, uh, <laughs> that would be way, way out there. I really believe the head starts there. Yeah. <laughs> I do. So, I mean, that's why addictions come and go, but the one who gets addicted is always seemingly the same. Yeah, I think that's the biggest addiction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why when you stop using drugs and alcohol, you're still left with that, yeah? It always surprised me because the assumption I lived under was most of the behavior I was doing was based on cocaine use. So when I stopped doing cocaine and I still kept behaving the same way, it blew that understanding out of the water <laughs> as a misunderstanding. And there was many of them. I misunderstood a lot because I was still seeing everything from the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Sure, and we see this in people in meetings all the time. I, at least I see this in people in in meetings who have lengthy sobriety, 
but don't have any recovery at all. Yeah, yeah, well, um, if there's some, if there's something that's running the show, it's going to give what it wants and take what it wants. Yeah. It's pr probably not going to give you a very deep sobriety. So, yeah. I just feel like, uh, you know, people have the right to hear this. If there's, if they find some solace through it or some traveling lighter or some, uh, and their ability to enjoy peace of mind is re is restored and all these things occur what it's done its job yeah i just feel like there's it's murky about the understanding between self and us where it's so clearly defined as other in page 64 out of the book we're not adding it to it it says it right there being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Are you convinced of that? Or is your understanding that us is self and self is us? Yeah. That's not the understanding in that sentence. The understanding in the sentence is that self is quite different than us. Yeah. And we've been defeated by it through its manifestations. Okay. How does that happen? How could something else's manifestations defeat us? How? Yeah. The only, really, one of the only conclusions that holds water is there must be an act of being identified as self to allow its manifestations to defeat us. How else? Yeah. How else would it have such access to our life other than when it enters our life, we call it me? Yeah. So it has full rain. It runs around like crazy. And then unbeknownst to us. Yeah. So I feel like he put it very clearly, or they did on page 64, self and us are different. Let's find out the difference. How do we do that? Doing an inventory based on that statement, looking at self's manifestations. What's that inventory called? The fourth step, you know, or a 10 step if you want, the short one. And what do you do? You write down, obviously, that, you know, a person, what you thought they did to screw with you, the agenda that was like where that ball of behavior hit and bounced and it got its volume of how, how far it could bounce by how important the agenda was. And then our role in it. And then if you do our role in it, you'll see self's role in it, obviously. Yeah. And then you tell the truth. And hopefully discrimination starts occurring between what is of me and what is of self. So that there can be a recognition, yeah, that it's not us. And then when it appears and it presents its case as us, we bring it to step six and seven. And let that shit be re reconfigured. Let that energy be uh, rehabbed, yeah, restored. Let it get, let those those mental knots and those emotional knots get undone, yeah. So what? So that we can be maximum use to ourselves and others. So we can, you know, pass on this message. 
what is the message? The liberation from the bondage of self, really. Yeah. How is that liberation from the bondage of self? What does what is the basis of that liberation? Seeing self as other, really. How can you be free from something you take yourself to be? You know, it just doesn't work. You end up falling into that that incredible diagnosis of self can't get out of self. Yeah. If you're not self and you're not engaged or involved with it, who gives a shit about that statement? Who cares if self can't get out of self? <laughs> but it may be right now you doing that exactly. Yeah. So therefore it, it has a point to recognize. Yeah. Well, it's not about me, so fuck it. But yes, but if we're in the act of being identified as it, it would be helpful to hear, hey, Paul, you can't get out of Paul through Paul. Yeah, because Paul is infected with this idea of self, let's say. Yeah. All right, thank you. Maybe I'll stop trying or admit I can't stop and then ask that power to do something about it. Yes, admit that I can stop trying to get out of self as Paul. And therefore, okay, put that in and see what happens when it's surrendered. Yeah. That's the whole point. I, uh, you know, we could have read what Mickey shared today and someone who's really uh, clear about all this could use those paragraphs for a three-day retreat. Yeah. But my, my drive is to go to that point where there's a recognition of something that seems to be dominating us as foreign to us, yeah? Just a clear, just a, a clear, you know, that and not that, yeah? <laughs> That's all, and just beat it, and beat it until it becomes an understanding in us. And then so much is explained through that understanding that makes more so much more sense than all the rationales or the ideas or the reasons I thought things occur. The explanation from the understanding of self as other to me is seamless. It's beautiful. It reveals so much about what we're not so that as we are, we can be free from it. Yeah, not as that, but as we are. Yeah. And what does that mean? You'll find out in your own intimate experience traveling lighter through this freaking life instead of fucking being bogged down all day by mostly topics and subjects out of the realm of what's not happening, you know? You know, you don't like... Uh, like an, a Labrador author didn't write a book, Be Here Now, for Labradors, because they always are being here now, yeah? Some, something came through a person, and this person wrote this famous book, Ram Dass, Be Here Now, because most of us, that whole, that, that possibility was escaping us greatly. <laughs> we couldn't seem to be here now, even though our feet were somewhere, easily recognizable, Shit like that, we seem to be able to be out to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I have a dog. That dog, for not one second, forgets that it's a dog. It's dogging all day. 
it's just constantly dogging. It's perfectly true to its nature of doghood. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's people out there who've written books just to give the simple thing of now. <laughs> Can we just recognize where we are right now? It's almost like rocket science for us. <laughs> you know, be here now, the power of now, now. You know, why, why is there so much uh, detail towards it? Because we're out to lunch, seemingly. <laughs> we, I don't think that's a natural occurrence. I think something has clouded our vision. I do. I think there's something working as us with a completely different agenda than us. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I heard, I've heard every step, not for a long time, but I'm sure there's people that can analyze every sentence and it's beautiful. I love that, but that's not our seat assignment. Our seed assignment is to harp on one idea <laughs> because I think it escapes us quite a lot. Yeah. And you know, you know how helpful it was to hold alcoholism as a disease because that would take a lot of the guilt and shame off of it. Well, there's further relief if you can see it. Yeah. That idea of a disease was so gave me the right, it gave me the permission to breathe the first few years, yes? Because my life was coming down on me for all the shit that happened. And that idea of a disease was liberating. I could face my, uh, my uh, amends and shit like that, knowing that I hadn't really intended to do what I did to those people. Something drove me to that behavior and I was clear about it. And I walked into every inventory, every amend with that idea. Yeah. So that's what I want to share with everyone here because I wasn't hearing it shared, to tell you the truth. I never heard anyone's uh, put out the idea that it's the act of being identified as this image called self. I never heard it. You know, I heard it from outside the rooms. And a lot of people tend to leave after they hear a message outside the room. I decided, let's bring the message in to the rooms. Yeah? I mean, why? Why, why can't it grow in recovery? I think it's incredibly uh, beneficial. So, yeah. Here we are. So every time we read, I usually just go back to 64 <laughs> because uh, I think that will change every other page you ever read. I do. If you see self as something other than us, <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Every sentence that will bring a meaning to you will be held by that meaning. Yeah, it will. It will enrich every other understanding that comes your way a clear understanding of the exact nature of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. 
that the mental state is in the act of being identified as self. That not that does not say that you are in the act of being identified as self. Yeah? Because you're not doing that. It's doing it. Yeah? A process is doing this. It keeps referring to the center of a system called self-centeredness. That's what it does. It's not volitional. It just does it that way. Everything is seen as how it pertains to that, that idea of self. Yeah? How are you going to get out of that as that system? <laughs> it doesn't have an exit door. Every exit door is another entrance into it. Yeah? Self can't get out of self. Yeah, anyone have anything? Yes, Ruby Rose has her hand up. Ruby, how are Ruby you? Ruby from Wichita. Hey. Thanks, Paul. That was really good. Helps every time. Um, it says here that we have found much of heaven and have been rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even dreamed. And that, uh, my God, I didn't know humans could live like this. Um, still on a daily basis, I'm just blown out that, you know, that I'm not drunk and that I, you know, I live this life and, um, that things you speak of, like the pause, um, what that's done for life and, and working with others, what's that's done. Now, I used to drink and use because I was under this, I called it the beast, um, which now listening here is transmuted into the, the selfie. Um, because I couldn't stop the misbehaving any more than I could stop the drinking and using. And you put it very clearly, like I, I knew I was fucked. It was quite clear that just about everything I tried had not worked. And um, I remember in the big book, the, the first thing that really stuck out to me was that thing called the act of providence, which is out of the realm of anything that was known thought-wise to me at that time. But when they speak now of the fourth dimension, it's almost like you do all of this and then that happens. And then all of a sudden I could just hear where you were speaking of, and it just wasn't that hard the hard, the hard hit left. Um, I have a large respect for this disease. Um, 
in the sense of that there are different things in life that you encounter, like dealings with the mafia or high level uh, politicians, people in extreme power uh, have powerful means and powerful ways of doing whatever it is that they want to do. And you'd be an idiot to go up against it and think that you would ever win. And that's the way the beast of this disease seems to me. And it's easier to say selfie, but I've talked to other people in the program and asked them, were you afraid of the beast? Because it, um, the only way the words that I put it into is that I became beside the self, but I, I said myself at that time, beside myself, I, I knew that there was something else. Um, but before this whole process, I was afraid of trusting anything because nothing had worked. So it, uh, after doing the steps and being in here for quite a while, it's, uh, I just didn't know humans could live like this. And I'm really grateful and so grateful that I can come to these meetings every week and um, hear how it works for all of us and watch how it works for all of us. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful, but it wasn't until um, Mickey read this thing about the fourth dimension that I got that you somehow have to that act of providence shifts your ass into there too. And then all of a sudden you get to hear all this wonderful stuff and you're able to just really help people quickly. And I like that. So thanks again, hon. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Ruby. Thanks, Ruby. PK has his hand up. Paul, are you ready to hear what PK has to say? Yes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so great stuff, man. I love it. You know, be here now for Labradors. That was that's classic, man. But I wanted to just say something that's really came to me while you were kind of sharing about that stuff as far as like no one says I am the drug, but I kind of feel like for me, I definitely became, you know, drinking and drugs where I personified them. And I, that was my spiritual practice using them. And when I was under the influence, I didn't even know who I was or what my history or my story was, but it was almost like a pseudo self getting out of self. It was a temporary, it wasn't authentic self getting out of self because there is no self getting out of self authentically anyway. But you know what I love now is like with your, when you hold these spaces and the squares, it's almost like an open invitation for us to be under the influence, but not in a destructive, unlawful way, but just to, you know, think, you know, kind of out of the box, crack, you know, smash the box. There is no box. And then in the same way, we can kind of travel lighter and not be so burdened with, with who I am and what I did. I mean, it's just so amazing, you know, for me, you know, that what I was trying to do one way, you could do the totally the, the, the opposite, the worst way you could think, like being sober would be the most horrific thing in the world. But it turns out 
it could be the same, you know, like you said, every door exit door leads to another entry. You know, it, it takes you to the same place. So it's just so it's pretty amazing. I mean, you know, for me, it's just I love it, man. Being under the influence uh, of, of, you know, even the awareness that there's a bondage of self. OK, so now having known that, like you said, the slinky, then the slinky goes the other way. So you just ride with it. It's like the waves, you know, you up and down and up and down. And it's just such a just a such a lighter, nicer feeling. So. Thank you for that, man. I, I just think it's it's amazing. You know, this invitation that you present and the way that you just, you know, have this collaboration of people where you really, you know, you're hearing people. And I again, I've never heard you dispute or discredit or argue with anyone. Now, maybe if I if I knock over your coffee or I give you the wrong bagel, you'll yell at me, but I haven't seen it yet. Yes, <laughs> Or maybe if we're driving and I cut you off, maybe. But I, I still don't think, you know, you know, and that, and even if you did, so what? You're a person. You're like you said, don't think, you know, I'm not. If if you were the real leader, we'd be in trouble. So the good thing yeah. is that we've, we've turned ourselves over. <laughs> and as Mike said, you turn yourself over <laughs> and then more is revealed. The hospital gown. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, thank you, man. <laughs> thank you, PK. Yeah. Obviously, people were coming here, some of us regularly, because something's working. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. And so it's mm. a it's a simple transfer of, you know, part playing a role in that loving power expressing itself through our group conscience. This is what happens here. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I don't feel like Paul. I just feel yes, and then there's yeah. all these people, and <laughs> and uh, yeah, I hallelujah. Just, yeah, hallelujah. I just remember how uh, in my life understanding works. Yeah, when I was like my six months of sobriety, I got wind of a seminar in Sacramento, California by Joe and Charlie, these old guys who did a whole thing on the big book. And I went there and uh, they passed on a whole new understanding of a, of a book that seems simple to read. It's not a, it's not like a, a physics book or anything, but I, you know, that parasitical blindness was having me getting, you know, a very, very myopic understanding. And they, they just brought in that aperture just by, you know, and so they put themselves out in that position to be used and a, an understanding was passed on. And that understanding was uh, revelatory. So in a way, we're, we're attempting to pass on a, an understanding of, of, the act of being identified as something foreign to us, yes? And therefore, instead of let's find out about it before we set out to find out about us, because if we're trying to find out about us as it, that's more it, yeah? So we want to find out about it, have some clarity, and then there's a finding out about us, yeah? About what's possible for us, 
not as it, but as us. Yeah. Yeah. And no, then, you're right. It's great. It's a transformation. Like you said, it's, it's like a transference. It's, it's, yes, it's, because it's the awesome. new employer, the new yeah. employer, you don't have to study the new employer. You need to study the old employer. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point so that you can recognize the old employer and not call it the new employer. And you'll be caught in that old who song. You know, new boss, same old, same as the old boss. Exactly. That's the self-transference from the old employer to the new employer. Yeah. So the whole point is perhaps there's a better way is to look at the worst way. Yeah. Tell the truth about it. Yeah. Yes. And then you'll be living the better way with an understanding of the worse way. That's how it works. Yeah. If you have no understanding of the worse way, the worse way is going to define the better way. Yeah. So basically, you're getting the same old, same old. Yes. So this is about a clarity of the exact nature of the activity of what is called the wrong. Yeah. Which is the act of being identified as self. We're not doing that. That's not you doing an act. It's the mental processes that are in the act of being identified as self. You're remembered as a self. You're thought about as a self. Yeah. <laughs> you're projected as a self. And that was amazing what you said about the lower. When you said the lower self, that was amazing that in a way the lower self would do to you what you would never do. So, but an admittance of that, and at least a recognition of that, I I really do believe, and I strongly I feel like a convict. I'm convicted. I'm convinced that through knowing that, you can know the 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 higher power. The you know, but like you said, without knowing the lower power that was doing for you, which you would never want it done. Obviously, that's amazing. We just have a new employer. We've been employed for a long freaking time. Something was employing us. An old employer, the bondage of self, and now a new employer. Yeah? But we're yeah. employed. Yes? We're used. We're, <laughs> this idea that we're the user of all things isn't true. We're used. Things are coming through us and running us. Yeah? They are. Yes. One of them was an old employer, which would be nice to have a description so it doesn't masquerade as the new employer. So, because then the as the the old employer as a new employer isn't all powerful, yeah? and right. then you're gonna get fed the same old, same old. So, all right, well, let's awesome. look at the old employer so we can recognize it, so that we can also receive the new employer. Yeah, I love and, it, man. Thank yeah. you. And, you know, look up the word employ. It means to use. So we're being employed. Yeah. <laughs> Only one employed us. We know what that was like. Terrible benefits. <laughs> <laughs> that leads to incarceration, you know, institutions and death, basically. Yeah. Yeah. The other higher power leads you in having, let's say, a purposeful, fruitful life. I remember when I, uh, my mom, we put her in a nursing home finally in Long Island. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And so I would visit her and she always wanted me to bring beer because she liked alcohol, but she she did all right without it. Yeah. And she couldn't drink it there. But she was always asking me, bring a six pack of Schlitz <laughs> or Schaefer's or Valentine. Really. So I wouldn't. And this one time and, you know, I'd see her and she looked she didn't look well and shit like that. And this one day I came and she came out and she was bright as a light. And she had just been doing a service of calling people who can't get out of their houses that aren't in nursing homes. She had a whole telephone tree and she spent hours, you know, getting in touch with these people. And that act of service brought out the best in her. It was so obvious as an example, Hmm. because I know, you know, I've seen my mom quite a lot and to see her lit up. And it was directly because she was just coming out of the act of being of service. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. You don't need to see it a thousand times. One time can do. You can mm. recognize the truth of something with one with one visit sometimes. Yeah. You recognize, yes. Why is it that getting out of myself is so healthy? I must be completely in it. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why does why is the out so important? Because of the in. Yeah. Mm. We're seemingly so up the ass of self, we've got to do service to get out of the ass of self. Yeah. So let's tell the truth about how we get up the ass of self. Yeah. And maybe we'll become of service, where maybe mm. we don't have a regimented service activity, but we'll be of service in our life and in, in our surroundings. Yeah. That it'll become part of your attitude and outlook. Not something that you do but something how how you are yeah mm. yeah this is the transformation has a much more uh space if it isn't confined and defined as self yes mm. yeah the self yeah. isn't going to transform much it isn't yeah it will tolerate things changing around it but it's basically going to do the same yapping as it did before. Yeah. Just with different circumstances. So now you'll be bitching about, you know, uh, people not practicing the program or recovery or whatever. Yes. It's just the same old, same old. Yeah. So, yeah. This thing said you had a, you have had a profound amount of these spiritual experiences that has revolutionized our whole attitude toward life. Exactly. Revolutionized our whole attitude towards life. Yes, Mm. I agree. That has happened with me. Yeah, and I'm sure it's happened with a lot of us. Yeah. You want that Mm. to continue? Be clear about the problem. Yeah. Because the self will identify as the recovered person quickly. It will. Yeah. And then recovery will be defined by self. So maybe you'll get parking spaces in front of the meeting or get a date or won't act out at the <laughs> picnic. But basically, uh, the, the, the influence of the higher power is going to be very, very heavily restrained. Yes. Yeah. Because the lower power is still running the show, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. But hey. Thank you.
Thank you, man. That's that's some amazing, you know, I feel like that's a download, you know, and and uh, I love it. Like you said, not to necessarily specifically try to do things, but like you said, if it's part of your your persona or your seeming sense of who you, you are and how you act, then you don't even have to think about it. No, you're in the habit of being sober. So yeah. you're, you're in the habit of being here. And being nice, let's say, you know, and helpful. Well, I can't, I won't go that far concerning you. <laughs> <laughs> Just stay with uh, here, now, yeah. <laughs> Those are added. Those are added. <laughs> Once or twice a week, maybe. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, else? Yeah. Thanks, PK. Thanks, Paul. We have a couple more hands up. Paul, are you ready? No, but that's that's my ready. Yes, go. Yeah, you are. Oliver K from Berlin is coming in. All right, Oliver. Hello. Uh, nice thank you on. very much for this meeting. I uh, I attended very often uh you probably noticed and uh, i also you know uh, um review it via youtube right and uh i i got uh, sort of surprised by the event that's uh, somewhat really grounded me uh, i'm just gonna briefly describe it so i just woke i woke up a couple of days ago four o'clock couldn't go back to sleep I wondered how how am I uh, yeah why am I not past this stage where I cannot just uh, I put myself to sleep just calm myself down and put myself to sleep then the thoughts started arising about yesterday and how I felt some feelings that I usually don't appreciate anymore like jealousy and some sort of low feelings and uh, all that together surprised me you know and i kind of you know wanted to you know since i couldn't sleep anymore and uh, despite the fact that i really needed sleep because of work and stuff and uh, i sort of tried to bring that stuff really kind of you know what you say about reconfiguring the energy that that has been present in these thoughts altogether you know and uh, um i uh, I tried to do that. Uh, I felt like I failed and uh, later probably thought that uh, that's because I was uh, asking that power from the place or position or uh, view of uh, policemen. If we have this police, uh, policeman and thief, you know, uh, story and not from the, you know, not from the innermost, let's say. So, the, and uh, uh, you know, if if the thief felt jealousy, uh, policeman was the one that asked that power to reconfigure it, and not it didn't come from the innermost. Anyway, I'm not sure if that's true, but I was I, I, that altogether. You know, uh, on that day at least, I feel much better now. Uh, kind of. Uh, worried me a bit because uh, not only because I supposedly or probably thought that I'm past these issues by now, uh, 
Probably, uh, you know, uh, I also started wondering, you know, what if something more serious happened? I'm like, what if I fell in love and really made things complicated on this emotional field, you know, for me? So I know you had experience in it, you know, in your know, first years. I am in my first couple of years in recovery. So I, I, I think of myself as relatively new to the program. And uh, yeah, that, that's what kind of concerned me, you know, uh, about and But, you know, the positive thing about it is that really grounded me. And uh, yeah, and yeah, anyway. Well, it's you not know, a question, sorry. <laughs> To, to arrive at the observation, you can face life successfully, you have to face life, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's the idea of, uh, would I rather not trust and therefore never get hurt or trust and uh, learn I can face life successfully, yeah, by being, let's say, uh, misled or betrayed yeah? now i would go with the latter i like the sense of trust and willing to take the consequences if it doesn't work out than to shut down and not have any trust anymore yeah so overall i just trust the process and the idea of uh seeing the policeman and the thief just throw the whole kit and caboodle up there yeah you're not specifically uh, detailing the reconfiguration. You're just asking it to be reconfigured. Yes. I'm not sending the blueprint or the diagrams with the uh, step six and seven. Yeah. I'm leaving it up to the jurisdiction of the power, however it would like to reconfigure it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and... Uh, Sometimes when you can't get back to sleep, there's something going on there. You should enjoy it, really. Yeah, because then when it's very quiet out in the morning, you know, at that time, you can see that there's a seeing of thoughts. Yeah. You can see it. You can see that thoughts are being seen from somewhere. Yeah. That somewhere is is what that pause brings us to. Yeah, that somewhere is that space before thought. That somewhere is could be construed as the spiritual condition. Yeah, so I, I like it actually when a lot of times if I wake up early in the morning, but I don't have a job, <laughs> so I can just you know I just lay there. Yeah, see what happens. The uh, <laughs> uh, yeah so yeah bro I try to manage uh, my affairs yeah because I admitted I couldn't practice these principles and all them so I try to manage my affairs and uh, I still got led to the places I was trying to successfully avoid and I learned from all of it yes yeah so yeah I trust this process and I feel like I'm in good hands. That gives me uh, a lot of license, yeah, to try shit that I'm not used to or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. 
you're in good hands, Oliver. Just keep the basis down. And, uh, yeah. And throw the thief and the policeman in the same bundle. Have it reconfigured, yes. Yeah. I believe it works. I've seen it. So, step six and seven is basically the main activity, really, while you're, after you get through the first 12 steps, the steps and stuff, basically most of your activity is going to be seeing what you're not and bringing it to step six and seven. Yeah. It's almost like a constant reclamation program. Yeah. You, you see that what has been uh, masquerading as you as not you. And then that thing gets reconfigured and it enriches your day instead of enslaving your day. Yeah. Yeah, so, but Oliver, my opinion with you is you can't, you know, you're, 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 you have an intellect, so don't, there could be a reliance on that, and that's another thing to sort of, you know, offer up, yes, yeah, offer it up to the new employer, yeah. Sometimes you just do the program. You don't think much about it, yes? Just do it. Just uh, like, again, I don't think, well, before, when, before the pandemic, I didn't think about going to a meeting. It was just which one, yes? Yeah. Step six and seven just shows up. I don't think about doing six or seven. I'm in the habit of it, yeah? So when something I recognize as alcoholism or whatever you want to call it, I bring it up, bring it to six and seven. That's the formality. That's how I was introduced to this idea. Does, does it need to be pre presented formally? No, but I like that. Yeah. You present it formally by six and seven. You do it the way it's suggested in the book. Yeah. That's the keeping it simple. Yeah. What it leads to is you'll find out. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like if you've been saved and you really have an intimate sense of that and it was done by something other than you or other human power, that's brought up, that's brought into every step that you do after that. Yeah. So when you do six and seven, it's done in that energy, that spirit of something uh, struck me sober. What, what, what other possibilities could it handle? Like I would say an infinite amount, yeah? So it's, I'm not doing it like taking out the garbage. I have, there's a spirit in it, six and seven, because I have been transformed, like it says here, yeah? So that spirit is in, is in the formality of doing the steps. That's the beauty of it, yeah? So, yeah. Thanks so much, Paul. You can't overemphasize six and seven because instead of, you have to start getting into habit of recognizing what you're not. You do, because if not, the assumption is it's you and that assumption is insidious, yes? And, it's, and it weaves through the fabric of our existence for a while there, you got to point out the threads. You got to tell the truth. Those threads, yes. 
Yeah, and that to me is I, when I see a thread running through the fabric of my existence and it's not of me, I bring that to step six and seven. So that energy can be reconfigured. Yeah. It's almost as if you have bottled up water and then you just take the cap off or there's a release of the water. Now the water finds its own way, yes? And you're the better for it. And in this level, when you're the better for it, others are better for it, yeah? That's the beauty of AA. When you're better for it, others are better for it, yeah? That's the beauty of it. So, nice to see you, Oliver. Nice to see you sober, and yes. Thanks, Oliver. Thank Thanks, Paul. And we have Tim Nickel raising his hand. Hey, Paul. You all right, buddy? Uh, I just wanted to um, pop back. I haven't been on for a little while. And um, just nice to see a friendly face again, Paul, to be fair. Um, it's been a little bit of time. So <clears throat> things happen, as we know. Um, I was just but wanted, it wasn't really a question. It was more just a comment or an observation um, about the employer uh, analogy. I just sort of found from my own personal experience that the old employer takes a rather sort of a keen interest in who the new employer might be. And then all of a sudden I discover that it was just a disguised old employer and this new employer that I thought may well be the answer uh, sadly reveals to be the very same one. Uh, that, that just as a kind of, I mean, I'm seeing it lightheartedly, of course, but it is quite, a, there is a serious point to be made, right? That, um, it is that kind of when does one truly know that they're there because that act of seeking, of course, the searching and the wanting and the that stuff is all is, is kind of not very helpful a lot of the time. So it's it's that kind of energy thing, isn't it? And um, but yeah, the, the quest continues, Paul, but really I didn't want to waffle on too long. Just wanted to say um, I'm glad you're still here and doing your your good work and your seed assignment. And, um, you know, good luck with everything, basically, mate. Well, thanks, Tim. It's nice to see you too, bro. I like no your background. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. The office. yeah, I thought, I, yeah, I thought I'd go for something a little bit cosmic today. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's an upgrade, definitely. It's an yeah. upgrade, sure. It definitely is. It couldn't be any. It couldn't be a downgrade, sure. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Everyone else. Anyone else? I don't see any hands up, Paul. Are you ready to say your hellos? Yes, I am. Yeah. Well, the first square is Tommy. It's always a, a different palette we get to see. Uh, but I think he's in Ireland. But nice to see you, Tommy. Or not see you, really. Paul, there he is. Yes. Yes. Walter. Yeah. Walter is going to the hairstylist today. That's the, probably a, a, a sign of progress, yes. We got Ruby Rose from Wichita. She's uh, holding down the, uh, the uh, embassy over there, yes. We got Mickey, thank you for the great job, Mickey. Yeah, I always feel we're always in good hands with Mickey, yes, it's very nice, thank you. We got Connor from Dublin. Nice to see you, Connor. Yes. Yeah. We got Rob Farr. Hey, it's nice to see Rob. Always good to see him. 
We got Alex from Hudson Valley. Always a pleasure. Uh, Tim, we said hello. PK, yes. Lebowski. Lebowski uh, has taken a vow of silence for the benefit of all. Thank you. Yes, appreciate it. We got uh, Jacob, not Jacob. <laughs> NJ, not Jacob. All right. We got Kerry from uh, Hawaii. Yes, he's pondering. What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> you walk through the rabbit hole, bro. It's far out. You got, you're in good hands. We got Terry from Maine. Nice to see you, Terry. Leah, there she is. It always gets back to the couch, horizontal. Yeah, inevitably, yes. We got Oliver from Berlin, yes. Uh, Jesse from, I don't know if she's in Dublin. I think, I know she's in Ireland. We got, uh, let's see, I thought I missed some people. Oh, some people disappeared. Wow, that was quick. All right. There was people there before, and now they've left. All right. Nice to see everybody. I'll see you guys uh, Saturday and Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday. Yes, hopefully.